Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. You know, I kind of got to thinking about everything that is going on, especially with the left, how they're always trying to claim or justify their actions and behaviors by trying to claim they're fighting privilege. You know, they're always trying to go off and say, there's white privilege, there's male privilege. And yet, as I go through and I look at the all the evidence here, it seems like the only privilege that exists is leftist privilege. The rules do not apply to them. The law does not apply to them. They can do whatever they want without consequence. Commit arson. No consequences. Start killing people for political reasons. Still, not really seeing much consequences there. Targeting police officers and then chanting outside the hospital that they hope they die. Still, not really seeing any consequences. Now, one of the problems with the left and how they were able to get so radicalized is just because they never pay a price for their illegal or criminal behavior. And so when you're in a situation where you can constantly get away with acting illegally, acting corruptly, and never have to pay the consequence for it, what's going to happen? Well, if I was able to get away with this, let's see if I can get away with more. Let's see if I can get away with more. And we are seeing this, especially at the highest levels of our government. So if you remember back in the 2016 election, there was an issue with Hillary Clinton's email. Uh, the fact that she was using a private email server and private email account to conduct government business in violation of the Espionage Act. And the Obama administration tried to pretend like they were going through and, and investigating this. But the investigation was just a farce. They already pre-concluded before the investigation started that they were going to clear Hillary Clinton of any wrongdoing. But they just needed to create a public perception that she would be held accountable like everybody else. And they were going through and pretending to investigate it so that at the end, they could clear her of any and all wrongdoing. And as they did so, then she can take office with a clean slate. No scandals following her into office. Now, during that time, we noticed, or we found out, I should say, that she had destroyed evidence. She destroyed phones. She deleted 33,000 emails. She wiped the hard drives of her computers. She destroyed evidence. And what was the punishment? What was the punishment for her destroying evidence? Absolutely nothing. So why do I bring that up here in 2020? Well, as I stated, because they are able to get away with things in the past without suffering any consequences for it, they just continue to engage in that behavior over and over and over again. So there's an article here by the Daily Wire, in which case, as you know, Spygate. Spygate was the illegal spying operation on then-candidate Donald Trump and that they opened up the investigation with absolutely no valid basis. They basically just used documents that the Democrats paid someone to put together and then call it, you know, a dossier to make it sound official, and that the Democrats, the DNC, and the Hillary Clinton campaign were paying the same person as the FBI to drum up dirt on President Trump. And their entire narrative for why they opened up the investigation has been debunked in every way, shape, or form. It was George Papadopoulos 
Uh, no, that has been completely debunked. I, I've gone through and debunked that by the simple fact that the media was already reporting what Papadopoulos supposedly said to Alexander Downer, but only the media reported it two months earlier. All right. So, I mean, we, so we've debunked the whole Papadopoulos angle and we've debunked every other angle that there is for them opening it up. Well, as we know, the investigation then went into a special counsel investigation under Robert Mueller, and the media was holding him up as, oh, this guy's going to get Trump. This guy is a straight shooter. And then we saw Robert Mueller in the um, congressional hearings, and it turns out he, he's, he lost his mental faculties a long time ago. He had no idea what was going on. He couldn't even tell you the basic players in the whole Spygate operation. I mean, he couldn't tell you anything. He didn't know who Fusion GPS was. He wasn't investigating anything. He was trying to just drum up a crime on President Trump. He wasn't actually investigating whether or not there was a valid reason for the investigation or whether there was any validity to the accusations in which he was trying to investigate. He didn't have a single clue. What was going on? He didn't even know what was in the report that bears his name. Okay, so what happens now? Well, as we know, there's an investigation going on into the origins of Spygate. And the origins of Spygate uh, was pretty damning. We got Peter Strzok and Lisa Page talking about having contingency plans to prevent uh, President Trump from taking office, how they had were discussing in meetings ways to try and get him and prevent him from taking office, and that they had all types of plans. I mean, we were seeing, you know, not only a lot of bias, but we were seeing talks about a conspiracy in order to specifically target President Trump. And these people, a good portion of them, ended up as part of Robert Mueller's team people who have very questionable records as investigators and federal agents to begin with. So we started an investigation into the origins of the spying operation on President Trump, whether there was even a, a, a valid reason why they were even, why they even opened up the investigation, let alone continue investigating and continue to try and target Trump. We also found out that, you know, their use of FISA warrants, their FISA applications were riddled with errors, lies, you know, uh, that they were hiding information from the courts that actually proved the people they were targeting were innocent of the crimes that in which they allege. And there was all types of FISA abuse. Now, Robert Mueller should have been able to find out rather quickly that he was investigating a hoax, that there was no basis whatsoever for his special counsel investigation, but he continued on. He continued on. So as part of the Inspector General's report, and as part of Durham's investigation into the origins of Spygate, they wanted to review special counsel Robert Mueller's team, right? Only now they can't, because just as Hillary Clinton destroyed devices, wiped her hard drives, and deleted thousands upon thousands of emails. Well, it turns out the Mueller team 
destroyed all the evidence of what they were doing. As the Daily Wire reports, dozens of cell phones used by Mueller's team were, quote, accidentally wiped before the DOJ could review. Now, it goes on to say numerous cell phones from special counsel Robert Mueller's team were accidentally wiped before the Department of Justice Inspector General was able to review the devices, according to newly released government records. You see how they have this consistent pattern whereby they engage in illegal activity, and then as soon as something is open to investigate what it is they did, all of a sudden, the evidence starts getting destroyed all over the place. They, all the devices, all the computer records, all the electronics get destroyed. Now, the records show, as the article continues, at least several dozen phones were wiped of information because of forgotten passcodes. You know, they couldn't remember their password. So, you know, it's amazing. They memorized the password throughout the entire investigation, but it was only as the investigation had wrapped up and the inspector general was set to review the devices that just before that they were set to hand them back over and give them up, all of a sudden, that's when they forget their passcodes and they entered it in incorrectly 11 times and whoop, oh darn it, wouldn't you know, factory reset, all the data was wiped. We can't retrieve anything, anything. You know, it's just lost whatsoever. You know, or irreparable screen damage, you know, like Hillary Clinton taking a hammer to some of her devices, a loss of devices. Um, you know, they just flat out lost them. Nowhere to be found. Or intentional deletion or other reasons. This is the type of behavior that they engage in, and they engage in on a regular basis. Now, considering what we had found out about what FBI agents were texting to each other as they were targeting Trump and doing so, all knowing that there was no legitimate basis. We all remember that infamous text from uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page that there just isn't any there there, and yet they continued investigating, even though they already admitted that there was nothing whatsoever to investigate. So what was Robert Mueller team uh, talking about? Well, we'll never know now. We'll never know for sure because they destroyed all the evidence. And will any of them ever pay a consequence for it? No. Take a look at disgraced former FBI agent Peter Strzok. You know, despite all the evidence that we have found, that he engaged in illegal spying operation and abused the FISA courts in order to conduct the spying operation. Is he in jail? Is he being prosecuted? Has he been charged with anything? No. Instead, he has a book coming out, and in that, in that he's going to make a lot of money from all the leftists who want to support him by buying his book. He's cashing in and making money on his criminal activity rather than facing any consequences. And what's funny is the fact that he's had to come out and admit that some of the information in his book, he got wrong. He just can't remember. He has changed his story so often that he can't even remember why he opened the investigation. Now, look, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I, I give up hope that the left will ever have to face any consequences for any of the illegal spying operations, for the massive abuse of power and corruption. Because all the evidence that I see is that the left 
never faces any consequences, which is why they get more corrupt, why they engage in more extreme behavior, why it is that you know they can go all the way up to now burning down cities and killing people, and it's unlikely that any of them will ever face a consequence for it. And because of that, we know that if the Democrat ever retakes the White House, the level of corruption that we will see from the next Democrat administration, and look, we all know that there's going to be a Democrat at some point in the White House, whether that's in a few months, four years, eight years, you know, whatever. Eventually they will, and because they never face any consequences, by the time the uh, the first uh, election comes through, you know, the first re-election campaign comes through, the level of abuse that we will see at the federal level. You know, remember in 2012, they used the IRS to target political opponents. In 2016, they used the intelligence community and FBI to target their political opponents. So, I mean, what's what's going to stop them from whatever they're going to use next time they hold power? You know, from using every part of government to target political opponents. I mean, if you never pay a consequence for ignoring the rules or engaging in illegal behavior, then why would you ever, you know, follow the rules, follow the laws? This is leftist privilege right here. The fact that they can do anything and everything that they want and never pay a consequence for it. So as you may have seen or heard or, you know, whether it's by video or other news reports, the left is getting way out of control here. I kind of alluded to this in the first segment, but, you know, just to really drive this home. So in L.A., cops are fighting for their lives while Black Lives Matter celebrates. What had happened here is... Somebody just went up to uh, a parked police car and started shooting the officers. Yes, that is how brazen they have gotten. That's, you know, the whole defund the police. Oh, the police are systemically racist. This is the result of the media going through and trying to tell everybody that the media is, or not the media, but the police are targeting black people. That they're just going around and randomly shooting down black people for no reason whatsoever. Now, the claims that the media has made has been debunked over and over and over again. All right, we have found out that every time they try to claim that there was a shooting of an unarmed black person, that that unarmed black person wasn't so unarmed. You know, that you even had video of a person who pulled out a gun and was shooting at the police. And the police returned fire, and the suspect died. And what happened? People started protesting and claiming that this was systemic racism of the police just shooting down black people. I'm sorry, you know, this person shot first, fired at the police, and you're upset that the police returned fire rather than sitting there like a sitting duck waiting to be gunned down? You know, this is what the left does all the time. They ignore all the facts, all the evidence of the case. They ignore video evidence of everything that had happened in order to push this false narrative 
that police are hunting down black people and they're trying to claim that this is systemic racism. This is why we need to get rid of the police. This is, you know, Donald Trump's America. And yet they can't find any real instances. They might have been able to find one instance over the last 20 years of an innocent, unarmed black person who wasn't resisting being shot. Maybe one. You know, maybe over uh, the past 20 years, they might be able to find, you know, I'll be generous. Maybe they find one every other year, right? That is not a systemic issue. That is not a systemic problem. But all the cases that they try to promote, it's either the person was actually armed and and, uh, using a weapon on them. They were going for a weapon to use on the police or they were engaged in a fist fight with the officers trying to steal the officer's weapon, right? This has been proven to be the case 99.99999% of the time of all the media. But because the media, which has completely disgraced itself and has lost any credibility whatsoever, what do we find out? Well, we find out that because they have misreported everything, this has led to unjustifiable anger and violence in cities like Portland or basically anywhere there's a left-wing city where they are engaging in arson, where they're gunning people down. Now they're going off and they're just randomly walking up to police officers and, you know, without warning, bam, 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 shooting them, shooting them, right? And is there really any public outcry from the left? Hell no, there isn't. Hell no. In fact, Black Lives Matter activists tried to block, storm the ho- and storm the hospital where the deputies were taken while chanting that they hope they effing die. That's right. So somebody, uh, I, possibly a Black Lives Matter, you know, person, possibly Antifa, not really sure which one just randomly goes up to officers, shoot them, and the left's response is, we hope they die when they're taken to the hospital. We hope they die, and they try to storm the hospital, all while proclaiming how much they hope the officers die. And this, and Joe Biden won't condemn any of this. He tries to come out and make this bland statement, oh, we condemn uh, violence, and then he tries to say, and right-wing militias, he tries to blame it on right-wing violence. I'm sorry, but can you actually point to any example of right-wing violence? Can you point to any example of a right-winger? I'll give you over the last 20 years. Can you provide any example of any right-winger or right-wing group going out there and causing violence? Now, some of you are going to go, Oh, what about that Kyle person and, uh, what was it? Kosha or Kasha or I forget the name of the city, but you know, they, what about Kyle Rittner? And it's like, how was that an example of right wing violence? Okay. So you got a kid who volunteers in the community that, you know, on a regular basis, long before the riots, you, you had him going in and, being asked to help protect property, and then he was, you know, told to leave the area, and, you know, throughout the night, he had provided aid, you know, EMT services to rioters who had gotten hurt, 
And then what? He goes out and he sees that a dumpster was on fire and that these protesters were going to, you know, push a burning dumpster into a building, hoping to set it on fire while people are there, while people are in there. And what does he do? He runs up to the dumpster with a fire extinguisher and puts the dumpster fire out. And for that, he gets attacked. For that, he gets attacked because he stops rioters from using a burning dumpster to set a building on fire. He gets attacked. So what happens? He has to defend himself while he's being attacked. He shoots, one person dies, and he tries to get the hell out of there still. And then he gets attacked some more, where he had his head bashed in with a skateboard and another guy pointing a gun at him. He fires in self-defense. This is not right-wing violence. This is a classic slam-dunk case of self-defense. And if he didn't have that gun, he himself would be dead. And the media wouldn't even cover it whatsoever. But can you, for one instant, show me any example of right-wing violence or violent right-wing groups? No. So Joe Biden... Is the condemnation of violence is not a condemnation of violence. It's him trying to shift the media narrative on where the violence is coming from. I told you that if these violent groups started becoming a liability, that they would start changing the narrative to try and, just like they did with the KKK, try to rebrand them as right-wing groups. You know, And they're kind of testing the water on whether or not they would be able to do that. And the violence against police officers, the violence coming from left-wing groups based on all of this false narrative, especially now that they're going out and targeting police officers and trying to kill them, is so bad that police officers are now hiding their, hiding their name and trying to hide their identities because the left is not only targeting the police officers, they're targeting the police officers' families. They are doxing. The police officers is telling people who they are, where they live, so that these violent actors who are now thinking it's perfectly fine to go gunning down the police just randomly on the street, well, now they're starting to say, hey, it's not just going after the police officers. We need to go after their family. We need to go after them such, such that they wouldn't dare, dare stop anybody who is engaged in a crime, you know, so that they don't dare think that people of color are subject to the same laws as white people because they are above the law, because laws are white supremacy according to them. Therefore, any law is illegitimate and any attempt to enforce the law, that's what is systemically racist to them. That's what they claim is, you know, um, they are immune to what they are above. And therefore, if a police officer is trying to enforce the law, he is engaging in white supremacy. Therefore, it is completely legitimate to kill any police officer and their family because they're automatically Nazis for abiding by or upholding the law that the people we elect have passed. And Democrats instead of trying to repeal the laws that they think is, you know, examples of systematic racism, you know, just go off and 
stoke violence. Just go out there and tell people that violence is the only answer, the only solution to anything. And they have no concern for what the truth is in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it doesn't matter how blatant the lie is. It doesn't matter how false the narrative is. They're going to continue on it no matter what. And this is another thing that the left does. They just throw something out there as if it's a given, as if it's unquestionable. You know, they go out there and they say a lie. That lie gets repeated. You know, for instance, you know, uh, they'll go out there and say, well, Trump, you know, is only in office because uh, he had colluded with Russia. That entire narrative gets debunked. It shows that there is zero evidence to support it. In fact, all the evidence goes against that narrative. And then after it is completely and thoroughly debunked, what happens? The next time they come uh, back to a story, they just re-blurt it out there as if there was any truth to it. It doesn't matter to them. You know, that's what gaslighting is. You tell a lie, you tell it often, and you tell it confidently. And it doesn't matter what the truth or evidence states. You just keep saying it as if it's an automatic given. And so we see this when it comes to Black Lives Matters activists showing up at McConnell's home. See, the Democrats went out there and they blocked coronavirus relief fund, the you know coronavirus relief aid to the American people who, because you know the economy had been shut down, because businesses are only operating at half capacity, and so on. You know, they felt that, hey, you know, if we're going to shut everything down, and by the way, it's not just the United States dealing with this. It's all over the world. What part of global pandemic are you not understanding here? Can you name one country that actually managed to go through with zero deaths, zero fatalities, zero infections? Or did you see where some countries, you know, they they front-loaded all the problems go, okay, okay, let coronavirus just do what it does. No, let it, let, let all the tragedy happen up front. Let's just get through it fast. And then you had other countries say, well, let's slow the spread and, you know, and then draw it out for as long as possible. You know, now which way is valid is up for debate here. But because they shut down the economy and because people are still suffering and because people are having a hard time you know, finding full-time employment that they can do. There's a lot of people that are dealing with the fact that they can't work because they no longer have childcare for their kids because all the, because the daycares in their area are closed. The schools are doing 100% remote learning and yet their uh, school age kids are too young to be home all by themselves. And so now they're out of a job too. Because they can't go to work because then there's no one there to watch their kids. And so the Republicans are like, okay, you know what? Let's actually address, you know, funding for act, for stuff that's actually related to the coronavirus. The Democrats are going, no, we want you to fund all of our special interest groups who will then funnel the money back to the Democrat campaign, Democrat campaign coffers. But they're saying no. And plus they feel like the more people suffer, uh, as coronavirus drags on, the more it will help them politically in the 2020 election and hurt Trump. So they do not want to pass a relief package because they don't want the possibility of Trump looking good for the relief package. So the Democrats 
they went out there and they continue to block any coronavirus relief package to the American people. Well, the media is trying to spin this as the Republicans failed to pass coronavirus relief. It's not that the Democrats blocked the funds. Oh, no, no, no. It is the Republicans failed to pass it, right? And so Black Lives Matter activists show up at McConnell's home after the Democrats blocked the coronavirus relief funds, blaming McConnell and the Republicans for the failure to pass it. So Black Lives Matter protests show up at Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's home on Thursday night, demanding money from coronavirus relief funds after Democrats killed the $500 billion coronavirus relief package. If we don't get $600, no peace. You know, and yeah, it's interesting. One of the activists with a blowhorn screamed. I said, if we don't get $600, no peace. If we don't get 600, I mean, that they were doing this chanting. What do you want McConnell to do? You know, if you want the $600, you know, coronavirus relief package or, you know, the, you know, funds, what do you do? Well, you got to talk to the Democrats. It's the Democrats that is keep preventing any relief package from being passed. What good is it to show up at the Republicans who have been trying to pass this for months? when the only obstacle to its passage is the Democrat Party. But see, this is the media, yet again, trying to shift blame away from the political left and blame the Republicans for the sins of the Democrats. And it's so predictable. They just run the same playbook over and over and over again, no matter how many times they get exposed, no matter how many times their narratives get debunked, they keep making the claim because that's what gaslighting is all about. That's what the left is all about. And left-wing ideology is the same ideology of the Soviet Union. It's the same ideology of Cuba. It is the same ideology that permeated Nazi Germany and which has destroyed Venezuela because left-wing ideology is about, subju- is about subjugating the population. It's about creating an all-powerful centralized government that's going to dictate every part of your life. And if you do not support the the government's mandated narrative and beliefs, then you will be arrested. You will be silenced. You may even be killed or spend the rest of your life in a gulag. That is left-wing ideology. You either mindlessly go along with what they say, or the full force of the government will be used to destroy your life. Now, when it comes to the media and the left engaging in gaslighting and propaganda, they've built an entire infrastructure around being able to promote their propaganda, to gaslight. So we know about the fake news industry, you know, CNN, NBC, MSNBC, and the like. We know about the fake news, but it's also the fake fact checkers. You know, fact checking used to be something that was done legitimately, where a claim would be evaluated, it would be researched, and then you would be able to find out what the truth is. But now, just like the media has been completely corrupted, the so-called fact checkers have been completely and totally corrupted as well, to the point where you can't trust anything, 
I mean, they could go through and rate something that's mostly false, even though they admit it's true. They just, you know, admit that or just claim that the statement was false because they just don't want Trump to get the credit. They'll evaluate the same claim uh, by the Republican multiple times, but yet they don't do a whole lot of fact checking against the Democrats. And when they do, they they promote a lie. You know, the the fact, fact checkers like PolitiFact are routinely, routinely debunked because they're not there to actually fact check. They're there to help promote a narrative. So let's take a look at, you know, one of these, you know, issues here in which there's supposed fact checks, you know, that support what Biden is now claiming and not Trump. Well, let's let's talk about another difference in their record. On January 31st, President Trump announced travel restrictions on China. That same day, here is what Vice President Biden had to say. This is no time for Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, hysterical xenophobia, to uh, and fear-mongering to lead the way instead of science. Biden denies that he was talking that day about the travel restrictions that the president had just imposed. Are we to believe it was just a coincidence that he was talking about xenophobia the day that the president announced travel restrictions on China? Well, first of all, Chris, independent fact checkers, including PolitiFact, have looked at the claim that Joe Biden was opposed to the China travel restrictions, and they have deemed that claim false. Now, of course, throughout the rest of that question, he goes through this whole mental warping and twisting and trying to rewrite some of the history of what was going on. And this is what the left does quite frequently is to go off and go through all these mental, you know, pretzels uh, that they twist themselves into to try and claim, don't believe your lying eyes. Don't believe your lying ears. You didn't hear or see what you thought you saw. Oh, no, 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 not not in the least bit. You know, just like they're trying to go off and try and claim that, you know, the left-wing rioting, which started, uh, which those type of actions started under Obama, oh, it's somehow Trump's fault. Trump's throwing gasoline on the fire. It's not the media falsely claiming that unarmed black people are being shot for no reason by the police. No, 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 it is somehow Trump's fault. Even though under Trump, the uh, the black community has prospered more than they have had in decades, with the lowest unemployment that was ever recorded. No, 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 it is somehow Trump's fault. I mean, this is very tiresome, you know, with the, what the left is doing and how they do it repeatedly. I mean, there isn't any originality. It's just like all their policies in which they has, uh, rehash all the failed policies of the past and all the failed policies of every communist country that has ever existed, and they're trying to rehash them and claim somehow this is new and innovative and it will work. What they do is they just rehash the same actions and behavior, and then they, you know, it's all predictable. You can predict how it's going. And, of course, the left, as they go through and they talk about how it is, you know, the violence is going, you know, they're, they're threatening the country that unless you vote the way the left wants you to vote, the violence will continue. 
they're going to continue burning down the cities. And they're trying to go off and not only use the false narrative of the police, you know, going off and shooting unarmed black people for apparently no reason, you know, according to the media. They're trying to blame Trump for the coronavirus. Now, the coronavirus started in China. There is no debating that. There is no question about that. The coronavirus has spread across the globe and has affected every country in the world. And yet somehow it's Trump's fault that it made it here to the United States. Well, Trump took action early. Trump took action back when, you know, the so-called experts and the science was telling people that there's no evidence that this is human to human transmissible. Back when the, you know, entire left wing is saying that, oh, the coronavirus is not a threat. It's not as bad as the flu. Oh, the risk of coronavirus is next to nothing. Back when they're trying to say that there's no evidence that this can be transmitted human to human, so there's no risk, Trump imposed travel bans and started taking drastic action. But the problem is Trump, you know, was listening to the experts far longer than he should have. All right. So that's the problem. That's where Trump failed. And yeah, I know, I know. If you just heard, you'll notice that, you know, a clip started playing again. But the problem isn't that Trump failed to listen to the so-called experts, is that he actually trusted the so-called experts. So by the time he started realizing that the so-called experts were full of crap, it was too late. By the time Trump had taken action, there was already cases in the United States and it was already spreading. Now, remember, he was taking action when everybody else was saying, don't worry, this isn't a problem and it won't be transmitted person to person. But now they want to go off and condemn Trump for taking actions, for recognizing that the coronavirus was a threat before most of them. And now they're trying to rewrite and re-explain all the times that they had attacked President Trump for the actions that he had taken. Oh, man. Now, Joe Biden continues to be in trouble. You know, remember as he had gone through and he had stated that if you don't vote for me, you ain't black? Well, he's also going off and saying that, hey, Democrats in Michigan who voted for him and Obama twice and then voted for Donald Trump are racist. Yes, that is, you know, that, that, yes, you know, just like the deplorable lines, that will really work. There's nothing like telling people that if you don't vote for me, you're a horrible garbage person. Yeah, that should get votes. That should work. You know, why not? I mean, have you noticed how the left and Joe Biden's campaign never tell you why you should vote for him? You know, they can't explain why you would ever be motivated to vote for him. All they can do is try and claim that you should be voting against President Trump. And they keep trying to browbeat you as if they don't need to compete for your vote because if you don't vote for them, you're a horrible garbage person. You know, I I don't get why they think this is going to work. I just don't understand why they think that going off insulting people and telling them how horrible they are and how much you hate them, how that's actually going to lead to any kind of 
positive result in the election. Generally, people don't like to be told how to vote. They want to be convinced how to vote. They want you to compete for their votes, but they don't want you to demand an edict. This is a democracy, for crying out loud. This is a democracy. You don't get to dictate to people how they need to vote. You don't get to dictate to people that they absolutely have to vote for you as no other choice. That's not how a democracy works. Now, of course, I understand that the left is in full meltdown desperation mode. They are. Why? Because President Trump hasn't started any new wars. In fact, he's been not, uh, he's been ending wars and he's been creating peace and stability. So as was previously reported, Trump had negotiated a peace between the United Arab Emirates and Israel, right? And this was a breakthrough. This was monumentous. This was, you know, the likes that we haven't seen in at least 30 years. The likes that we haven't seen since Reagan, right? He struck a peace deal instead of creating more wars. Right, Obama, oh, he just drone struck everybody, you know. But Trump is actually creating peace in the Middle East. He is actually doing what nobody else has been able to do in the Middle East. Now, with that said, Trump scored another Middle East victory, another peace deal. That's right. So it's not just the United Arab Emirates and Israel, but there's another peace deal that has gone on, uh, as reported by the Red State. A little under a month ago, the Trump administration brokered a massive historic deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates in what was yet another building block towards Israel-Arab alliance. Uh, relations, uh, were not, uh, relations were normalized, and they are even starting to uh, serve Kushner's, uh, what is it? They are even start oh kosher foods and the United Arab Emirates. Wow, I mean this is late at night. Sorry about that, kosher. You know, so now they're starting to serve kosher food and the United Arab Emirates. I mean, do you know what a big deal that is? Commercial flights are happening. But most importantly, Israel is being recognized as the rightful owner of its own state in future. Now, as it goes through. There's another peace deal between Bahrain, or Bahrain, uh, will now normalize ties with Israel. Bahrain's crown prince will be in D.C. on Monday, you know, which is presumably when you're going to hear this podcast. I'm recording it on Sunday night, uh, but on Monday, you know, and is expected to make an official announcement later Friday from the White House, Times of Israel. So, yes, it looks like there's another peace deal that is coming out between a Middle East Arab state and Israel. Two peace deals. Two peace deals that are coming to fruition. And what? Within a month span? Within a six-week span? Do you understand this? You know, whereas Obama, even Bush, I mean, you know, Republicans have been pretty bad on this as well. Obama, Bush, Clinton, you know, uh, George H.W. Bush, even the great one, 
right? Even the great one, Ronald Reagan, all engaged in military actions. They managed to get a peace deal here and there, but Trump hasn't started any new wars. He's been scaling them back, and he's been coming out with peace deal after peace deal. You know, and it's not just the red state. Axios is confirming that, you know, uh, Baron uh, is joining uh, agreement to normalize relationships with Israel. Now, of course, the Democrats are freaking out out of all these peace deals that are now starting to come to fruition. And Pelosi, oh, yes, Pelosi's just going off and, oh, this is just a distraction. These Middle East peace deals, they're just a distraction, as reported by the Epic Times, you know, uh, trying to downplay President Trump's uh, recent uh, successes in securing diplomatic deals in the Middle East. You know, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're going to try and just, that, that is your whole argument. Oh, it's just a distraction, which is to say they have nothing. They have no counter. They have no way to actually answer the success that Trump has had and try, as they try to find a reason for you to vote Democrats. They have nothing. So what do they do? They just downplay it and act as if it's nothing. It's just a distraction. There's no reason to focus on the fact that Trump has been the president of peace. You know, the, the president of peace that previous politicians on both sides have claimed they would be and failed to be. That President Trump has been the president of prosperity for all races. Right? That President Trump has been what every politician has been promising to be for decades, but failed to be. And the Democrats, they're freaking out. They're freaking out about this. You know, and the more Trump creates peace and prosperity, not only you know, in the United States, but around the world, the more the left, ironically, gets upset and the more they start to engage in violence. It's it's very strange here that the left that talks about being the party of tolerance is intolerant of people being tolerant. It boggles the mind. It just boggles the mind. And of course, you know, and you can't make this up. The, you know, woke people are now canceling the Nobel Peace Prize because Trump was nominated. Trump has been nominated, not by, you know, the United States, but by foreign nations for the Nobel Peace Prize. He's been nominated twice for the Nobel Peace Prize for his successes in bringing about more global security and peace in the Middle East. I mean, heck, I was just reading an article earlier where now the government of Afghanistan and the Taliban are now starting to come to the table to negotiate a peace deal. The Taliban, you know, who has been engaged in terrorism now for 20 years since 9-11 happened, right? Since 9-11 happened, they've been engaged in terrorism, trying to stop the formation of a democracy in Afghanistan who has been going after our troops and all of that. And Mike Pompeo, the the Trump administration, is at these peace talks between the Taliban and the official government of Afghanistan, 
to negotiate a peace between them. Who would have thought that we would be at a situation here where the Taliban is coming to the table to think about negotiating a peace deal? It is amazing. But because Trump has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize multiple times now, and these are well-deserved nominations, unlike Obama, who did nothing when he was nominated. Nothing. All he managed to do is get nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize just for winning an election. Right? Trump has more than earned a Nobel Peace Prize at this particular point. But, of course, the left continues to freak out. Michael Moore compares Trump to bin Laden and profanity-filled rant. He is a mass killer. How? How is? Can you name anything that Trump has done that has even come close to the rant of Michael Moore? Michael Moore has always been uh, 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 out of his mind. He's created, his entire career is based off of propaganda films like Bowling for Columbine or Fahrenheit 9-11. His entire career is all about feeding left-wing lies, lies that are constantly debunked. And now, as he's finding himself in a situation on the left where because he's a white male, he is becoming irrelevant. They're starting to say, hey, you, you don't have a place in our party. You're not here to be able to speak. You have to shut up. He's getting more and more, well, loony in his talks and in his claims in order to try and say, no, 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 don't cancel me because I'm a white man. You know, I, I'm still relevant. See, see, I'm saying Trump is a mass killer who is you know, worse than bin Laden, even though all the evidence is to the contrary, the scaling down of wars, the creation of peace deals. You know, it just goes to show that the left does not care about any facts or any evidence. They live in a completely delusional world devoid of any facts or anywhere or anything resembling reality. Okay, now, moving on here just a little bit, we all know that social media companies are going to be doing their damnedest to try and help the left overthrow the results of the election. You know, and Twitter is coming out and saying that they're going to remove tweets that claim victory before election results are certified. You know, we all know that, you know, the election results are known uh, before they are certified, but with the left trying to engage in, you know, mail-in ballots, you know, just give every, everyone on the voter rolls, even though those voter rolls are horrifically inaccurate, give everyone a ballot and send them in and let people keep, you know, voting long past the election day until they get the results that they want. So now anybody who points out who wins the election before they accept who the winner is, before they accept what the results are, you know, the tweets will be removed. So they're going to engage in deliberate information censorship so that they can try and overturn the election results. It's really, it's really pathetic. I mean, Twitter, if you're trying to get your information from Twitter or figure out what's really going on by following what's going on on Twitter, you're not getting accurate results. Twitter is an information bubble. It's a propaganda bubble. 
right? You know, it is surprising if you're able to find conservatives on there. You know, um, just randomly stumble across them. You have to look deep in order to really find conservatives on there. It, it, it is a bubble. That That is what Twitter is. And now they're trying to go off and censor election results just in case they don't like what the results are. So in the end, it's no surprise that Twitter, you know, it, it is it, it is long since disgraced itself. You know, it, it is not an open platform. It is not what it used to be, right? It is anti-free speech. It is now only approved speech allowed. Uh, you know, I might end up having to go back to doing this show more than two days a week um, because I just cannot get through everything that I want to get through. I want to talk about the California wildfires. But there's just not enough time, so I'm going to carry that over here because the left is trying to gaslight you, claiming that this is climate change. This is man-made climate change, and that the the fire's getting worse every year is just a result of that. When, no, actually that's not the case. Uh, These wildfires are actually how things were normally until man came along and started managing the grounds to keep these fires from happening and getting bad. But actually, you know what? I'll go ahead and talk about it. So this is normal. This is what it is normally, you know, for California, or at least what it was normally before we settled the land and really started managing and taking care of it. These fires would happen all the time because there was no one managing the land. Well, because we knew what the problem was, what was causing all these fires, we engaged in forestry management, you know, doing some controlled burns in order to clear out, you know, uh, you know, dry underbrush or dead wood, dead trees, you know, uh, cutting down dead trees and really going on and taking away all the kindling that is needed for these fires to get going. And we had done forestry management so well that these fires, you know, just did not happen very often. And they weren't nearly as big. They were easily controlled. But because the left started engaging in insanity, you know, the environmentalists and, you know, the Democrats that want to push this man-made climate change agenda, they specifically stopped engaging in forestry management. They stopped clearing out the dead wood, the dry dead wood, the dry trees, you know, the dead trees, the underbrush, and they stopped doing controlled burns. They stopped forestry management in every way, shape, or form. Well, this allowed for the forest to get overgrown with the underbrush, you know, to have a lot of dry dead wood. And then what would happen? Lightning strikes and boom, big fire happens because there's a lot of fuel for it. There's a lot of uh, nice kindling for it uh, to be able to get taken off. You have people that go off and try and do, you know, some parties and oops, a spark gets out of control and bam, fire, big, huge fire. So no, I mean, these fires are what things were like before we started engaging in forestry management. And now 
what we are seeing is the results of our abandonment of forestry management. So what you can say is that if you want to believe in man-made climate change was it was our actions that suppressed these fires from happening, right? So we did kind of change the environment a little. But then when we stopped interfering in the environment in that area, the fires came back and they're coming back bigger and bigger every year because there's more kindling for it to burn. So I guess you could say the fires is a lack of man involvement in climate change. Okay, so there were still some more articles I wanted to get to, but I'm not going to be able to get to them now. Maybe I'll just address them a little bit on a YouTube video, or maybe I'll just hold it over until the next podcast episode. But for now, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You're, you know, I, I am astonished and amazed how much the, the podcast is growing. I thank you very much for that. And as always, I will be back again soon. Or if you know my schedule, I will be back again on Thursday. Maybe sooner. Who knows? Thank you.